You're listening to Do That Well with your host, Brenda Brown, and today joining with me, special guest, Victor, Victor. Lindstrom. Victor is my husband. You've probably heard me talk about him on the podcast before. Karen is taking a small vacation, but don't worry. We will still have an episode for you today that is all about the real experiences and how to turn them into life lessons. Truly unscripted, honest, funny, genuine, passionate perhaps as well, series of conversations where we will explore every aspect of human interaction and provoke each other to do life well. And today, we are going to talk about the 36 questions to fall in love. Can you ask someone 36 questions <laughs> and immediately marry them? Find out now. Probably not. But the 36 questions to fall in love, for those of you who may not have heard of this, it's a pretty popular concept. It was actually developed in the 1990s by psychologists Arthur Aaron and Elaine Aaron, I may be mispronouncing their last names, and as well as some other researchers, uh, to essentially see if two strangers can develop an intimate connection just from asking each other a series of increasingly personal questions. The general idea is that mutual vulnerability will foster closeness. And to quote the study's authors, one key pattern associated with the development of a close relationship among peers is sustained, escalating, reciprocal, Personal self-disclosure, allowing oneself to be vulnerable with another person can be exceedingly difficult, so this exercise really forces the issue. Uh, the questions are broken into three sets, and as the sets go on, they increase in the amount of uh, personal disclosure, I suppose, yeah. that's that's required from, from the other person in the conversation our cat wants to make an appearance today too all right say hello kitty <laughs> if you insist um we have kiki with us for those of you that aren't watching us on video so this combination of self-disclosure perceived similarities and being open to getting close to each other is what's been found to accelerate the creation of feelings and closeness and intimacy at, at the end of this study or this creation of these questions because there was a study involved as well of course Essentially, the psychologists concluded, uh, you know, are we producing real closeness? Yes or no. They think that the closeness produced in the studies is experienced as similar in many important ways to felt closeness in naturally occurring relationships that develop over time. Uh, on the other hand, it seems unlikely that the procedure produces loyalty, dependence, commitment, or other relationship aspects that might take longer to develop. I think that's a really important thing to keep in mind with these 36 questions is that they really did find that it can produce closeness, but there are all these other elements that, uh, you know, are present in relationships that make them what they are. It's not just this idea of closeness. As, as they said, there's loyalty, dependence, commitment, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so I think that's an important caveat to this. <laughs> yeah. And there are things that you want in your partner that cannot be answered with a single question right you know you gotta you gotta find out what's going on exactly you know, you're not just <laughs> it's 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 sort of hilarious that this is like you know he was like how far can we take this it's like you, you know you can get to know each other right but that's that's about it <laughs> you're not <laughs> well and what's interesting as well is that now it has become this really popular you know, thing. There's all these articles and magazines and there's the 36 questions to fall in love and people have really clombed on to this idea that it helps you fall in love where I don't, I don't 
think, and I can't speak for the psychologists, obviously, but I, I'm making an assumption here when I say that I doubt that that was their intention was for it mm. to become this phenomenon where everybody's trying. There's probably even TV shows where they're like, Two strangers, there's going to be 36 questions. Will they fall in love? Yeah. Uh, And that's just, I I doubt that that was the intention of the the psychologist. It seems like a lot of these questions could be subbed in for a different sort of question. I agree. Yeah. With that being said, that is a nice foray into the questions themselves. We're going to pick... As I said, there's 36 of them, which is a lot, and we only have half an hour, and we were probably already quite a bit into that half an hour. So we are not going to go through all 36 questions. We're going to pick two or three, maybe four, from each set. If you'll remember, there's three sets, and they're going to get more and more personal. And I'm just kind of interested to hear, Victor, what you think about these questions, whether or not you think they would actually you know, help you form closeness with a person, if you think it's just an absolutely ridiculous question, maybe there are some other examples that you would have on how you could sub things out. Because as you said a moment ago, you feel like a lot of these could be subbed for a different question. So maybe you'll have some new questions to to add to the mix. Yeah. Maybe you'll show Arthur Aaron and Elaine Aaron, you know, a thing or two about questions here. Well, I think the very fact that they're premeditated questions takes away from the natural, you know, flow of a potential interaction and relationship developing. Right, because so, we're forcing closeness. I mean that what that was that was part of the the study. The study. They, they wanted to see that. if they could force closeness. Yeah. So they that element that, right that element is there. <laughs> so from set one. I think one of the ones that jumped out at me was, for what in your life do you feel most grateful? Now, this is in set one, and I think that this is actually a really probing question. I'm surprised that this isn't further into set two or set three. Even set three, yeah. What in your life do you feel most grateful? This is, you know, we're we're pretending that this is with a stranger. Right, This is the first time you've ever met someone and you're asking them for what in your life do you feel most grateful? That's why I say it feels very probing, actually. It does, yeah. I I don't think that I would, no, that's not true at all. I take that back. I would feel extremely comfortable asking somebody this the first time I've met them. But I like to get right to the point. You you would ask that, yeah. And I probably have asked somebody a question like this before when I first met them, and it likely did make them uncomfortable. Um, But that can be kind of fun. Um, Do you feel like that would be... If someone asked you that for the first time you're meeting them, what would would be going through your head, other than trying to formulate a response? um, I mean, I would think that they were really, like, frou-frou and, like, uh, green and all about, like, energy and auras and stuff, like... Frou-frou. And not, like, you know, kind of just, like, ethereal, kind of, I think like, you mean hippie. woo-woo, perhaps. Yes, woo-woo, that's the one. Okay. That's the one, woo-woo. <laughs> like, yeah. Frou-frou is a little more, like, prim and proper. Yeah. Because, I mean, the answer should be fairly obvious for what in your life, like, you know, your life is what you should feel the most grateful for. And the what is like, do I, you know, is it the MacBook? Is it like having an apartment, you know? Like the most valuable thing is oh. probably going to be your closest relationship. But it says for what, not for who in your life do you feel the most grateful? I know? think that's a very small. I think many people would answer with a person or they might not stick to the what. Like I think a, that's like a, a, item. a bit of a, 
being too stickler on yeah, the semantics. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're mm. getting a little, <laughs> little stuck on that particular word. But yeah. with that being said, I like where you're taking this because I didn't even think about this with this question, but y- the way that you're interpreting it already shows me that you could really reveal some core values about a person yeah. with this question. Because as you said, if they go for something that's material – Versus something that's relational or uh, otherwise. I can't think of, I guess, money or people or things. Yeah, uh, we're kind of caught. Money and things are kind of the same here. Right, that's what I'm saying. I can't really think other than relationships or monetary or, you know, more material, I guess. Um, but, But that is, I think, a very revealing thing. Yeah. In a lot of ways. I feel like most people, after a little bit of reflection, would probably say they're most grateful for their family, unless they just have a horrible family, in which case they would have probably most likely sort of made a new family somewhere that wasn't their friends, a blood relation. Their, yeah. Right. Like, that's the thing I'm most grateful for, is like my family and friends. I don't know that that's a most people thing, though. Hmm. Just to throw it out there. If you're uh, listening and you're like, I 100% would say that one of the things I'm most grateful for is my career, like, send us an email. I'm curious. I'm yeah. curious to see what other people would say. Yeah. Because, you know, just because that's what you would say, I think there's a lot of different answers out there. That's true. Uh, okay. One more question from set one. If you could wake up tomorrow having gained any one quality or ability, what would it be? This is really fun because my mind immediately goes to like superhero superpowers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Who doesn't want superpowers tomorrow morning? That's, I mean, right. I would hope that that's where a lot of people's minds would go, but that's probably, that's not, we we probably ended up with the right person because we both went there, but I think this is a really cool question. And again, a little surprised that it's in set one. So when we get into set two and set three, I'm curious to see how personal these questions really get. Because I feel like we're already coming out the gate with some hard hitters. Yeah, that most grateful thing really uh, really set the tone. The most grateful. And then if you gained one quality or ability. Again, this is really cool because you are seeing that in the way in which someone answers would reveal so much about your core values. Or just about your overall sense of, are you whimsical? Like, I think people that are more whimsical or romantic are probably thinking more like you or I. Oh, like superpower. Super, we're not right. even thinking about real life. Right. No. No, I want to be able to fly tomorrow. <laughs> but yeah. I think a lot of people are more realistic or pragmatic, and they might answer this question in a completely different way. I think I could very easily see somebody say that they wish they could, you know, wake up in the morning with the ability to solve world hunger or something that is a lot more meaningful than wanting a superpower. (laughs) But with the superpower, you might be able to solve world hunger. Right. So, you know, perhaps that would be something you need to clarify in this conversation. I want the superpower (laughs) so that I can solve world hunger. Right. But the, that's you're supposed to answer honestly, though. But and that would be very calculated. That would like turn you into like a wheat tree or something. You know what I'm saying? Like you would a just be tree. spouting out food. That would be your thing. You would just be like a living garden. Oh, if you're solving world hunger, right, right. Well, insects are now the wave the of the future. The next thing, right, so right. Perhaps you just them. actually want to turn into a giant cockroach. Ooh. Set two. Let's get a little more personal with these questions. So set two. They're actually honestly kind of similar, and I don't feel that these ones are 
more probing necessarily. One of the ones that jumps out at me is what is the greatest accomplishment of your life? But how is that very different than what's the thing you're most grateful for? It's very similar. And if anything, it actually feels less personal to me. So I'm curious to see yeah. where, what direction these questions take us. What is your most treasured memory? That's a good one. And also sort of contingent on the fact that we're sort of disregarding how inaccurate human memories are. Like our brain fills in details for memories, especially the older they are. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's like your most treasured memory. That's a tough one. So are you saying that you don't feel that this would be an effective question then? Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I, I mean, it's it's so that that's it just seems like a ridiculous question. Like your most treasured memory, like your most treasured memory, you're definitely not going to share with someone you just met. But you have to. That's the whole point of the exercise: is you have to answer the thirty-six oh, have to questions yeah. truthfully. Yeah, so, true. so you would ha you would have to come up with one. I couldn't even come up with my most treasured memory. It's yeah. hard. Yeah. Like, you know, how do you, how does one quantify that? What is your most terrible memory? Well, I think that in the context of this 36 questions exercise, you already are revealing so much about yourself in a short span of time in this rapid fire fashion. So I don't think that, I think you're already going to have talked about so many other aspects of your life at this point that by the time you get to question 17, treasured memory, like the floodgates are already open. You're already talking. You're probably already taking a walk down memory lane. And I don't, mm. you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I, I hear where you're, I hear where your hesitation with the question comes from. And I, I see why you don't think that it would be effective. Um, I feel ambivalent about that question. I do like the first question of set two. If a crystal ball could tell you the truth about yourself, your life, the future, or anything else, what would you want to know? I think that's sort of a, it's a, it's like, you know, it's, you can be as revealing as you want with it. You know, it gives the, the, the person responding a degree of control, you know, because I would definitely want to know about the future, you know, but I wouldn't really want to know about myself. It would be more about like what, what else is going on, but somebody else might want to know about themselves. Because you could tell the truth about yourself, your life, the future, or anything, anything else. else. Yeah. It's a very open-ended question. Yeah. That's a good question. Yeah. Open-ended questions are the best ones. We have an episode about it. I'll link it. That's why I think this one is <laughs> such a good one. Because they're not also, I mean, they are sort of open-ended. Like, what is your most terrible memory? <laughs> you, you could pick a memory that was just bad and use that. You know what I mean? But ideally, you're giving them the worst memory. Oh, that yeah. was actually a question. That is the I, question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought that you were offering that as an alternative to, <laughs> to, to the treasured, treasured memory no, no. question. I didn't realize it was actually another one of the questions. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay, moving on. How close and warm is your family? Do you feel childhood was happier than most other people's? So again, we do get this family aspect. Now that I'm looking at these questions a little more carefully... I actually think that so far in set one and set two, the questions are actually rather mirrored in the content that they're asking, but they 
are just uh, a different take on it. So my example, in set one, the first question is given choice of anyone in the world, whom would you want as a dinner guest? In set two, the first question is if you crystal ball could tell you the truth about yourself, your life, the future, anything else, what would you want to know? So see how those are similar questions in a way? Yeah, yeah. And then the second question from set one, would you like to be famous in what way? The second question from set two, is there something you've dreamed of for a long time? What haven't you, why haven't you done it? Mm. So it seems that as you go down, the questions seem to be... They're definitely related. Related. And it's like a different take on it. Yeah. And the first two, like the first set is mainly about like the person who is being asked. In the second one, it's more like you know, this is super personal, like more value stuff. You know what I mean? Like, what does friendship mean to you? And like it a, seems like it taught it focus. The second set seems to focus more on family and relationships. Yeah. And the first is a, the first is more whimsical. The first set, in my opinion, is more like whimsical and lighthearted. Do you have a secret hunch about how you will die? Yeah. Do you have a secret hunch about how you'll die? I think I'll drown. No, you hate... No. I'm not going to let you drown. (laughs) That's the thing I'm most terrified about of dying, so that's why I think it'll probably be the thing that happens. No. But that's not why people are listening. Okay. Set three. Let's move into the most probing questions here. The ones that are supposed to be most intimate and foster the most closeness. This is going to be intense. Let's see. One of my favorites from this set is tell your partner what you like about them. Be very honest this time, saying things that you might not say to someone you've just met. That one, (laughs) I just think, like, that would really throw me for a loop if I had gone through... 24 questions so far with a complete stranger. 27, excuse me. This is the 28th prompt and or question. So this person's still a stranger, and now you have to be very honest. Tell them what you like about them in a, in a way that is saying things that you might not say to someone you've just met. I, I, I mean, I laughed a second ago, and I think I would actually laugh if I was doing this in real life with someone because I, well, I have just met you. So, <laughs> so like, how am I supposed to say things I might not say to someone I've just met? Like the whole conversation at this point, we've already had 27 questions that we've asked each other. We're strangers. Like. That's a lot of questions. I don't, though, you, know, you know, you, you already are saying things that you might not say at this point. Oh, hopefully. Yes. I mean, the, the authors of the study would, would hope that at this point you have definitely said something that you would not have said under ordinary circumstances. Right. You know what I mean? So. Right. Because we're trying to create closeness here. The other thing that I think is really humorous about this question is that it it is question 28. So there's 36 questions. The questions are not over. Yeah. What if like you don't really like, tell your partner what you like about them. So it doesn't say, say anything negative, but what if you you know, 27 questions in, you actually really don't like this person. <laughs> and then you've got to lie. 
But it says to be very honest. So would you just have to find like, you know, I like your boldness with having this conversation with me that's clearly not going well. Yeah. Like, it, would you want to say something <laughs> like that? Yeah, you'd be like, I appreciate your openness in participating in this, even though I can tell you don't like me. Or I don't like you. Exactly, yeah. And I think, I mean, given that there are... Maybe that's, maybe that's what question 28 is. Maybe it's your opportunity to tap out. Yes, <laughs> yeah. It could also go precipitously wrong, you know, very quickly. Saying things that you might not say to someone you've just met. There are reasons that people do not say certain things to people that they have just met. Right. So this could become a problem, and depending on the scenario. You know, it could, it could, really, it could really go awry. I'd be curious to know the percentage of people that felt that they had created closeness or created a bond at the end of these 36 questions. Because obviously throughout the course of the study, they felt that this was effective to a certain degree. Right. The, I mean, that was the conclusion of the study was that right. they did right. indeed feel that it would create some form of closeness or... Yes, not necessarily relational intimate. intimacy. Right, like it certainly it would help foster a friendship. Right, not necessarily like a romantic relationship, but it was like there was something to be said for it. Right, there was something in that in that it does create some sort of connection. I guess was specifically the word they used. That's that it, the it creates a connection, but it might not create all of those other parts that come along with the relationship. And I guess I would be curious to know the actual percentage or what those actual numbers looked like mm, yeah. in terms of how effective these 36 questions were yeah it would be really i mean they actually they actually set the questions up really good because really well because 28 says tells that your partner something you like about them and then 29 is share an embarrassing moment about yourself so if you did butcher that per first part in 28 in 29, you can just share with your partner what just happened 30 seconds ago. Right. Yeah. They do have a really nice flow to them. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's, and then the next one is, when did you last cry in front of another person? Also quite intimate. Right. You know. Tell your partner something that you like about them already. But that's kind of, so at this point, you're really getting to, they, they do kind of escalate. And again, we're seeing this, uh, almost continuation of similar ideas, but set in different ways, which is interesting. I don't know if I've shared this on the podcast before, but Victor does know. My mom has this thing that she likes to do with me where when we have a conversation, she oftentimes tells me a story and she'll tell me the same story, but in a different way. And uh, my mom is ESL, English is her second language. And I don't know. She's never told me outright that this is why she does this, but I think that she does it because she wants to make sure that she's communicating herself effectively and she wants to make sure that whoever's listening to her is really going to get the point. And so she's trying to offer different ways to get to the same idea. Yeah. And I almost feel like that's what these questions are doing. <laughs> like That's true. They're yeah. just offering at at the core of all of these questions, we're trying to get to like what are your core values? How sensitive are you? Are you more romantic? Are you more pragmatic? Are you more based in reality? Like these are some of the common themes that I'm seeing in all of these questions and they are just being reiterated in different language. So I find that interesting because I do think that 
this is just a Brenda thought. I do think that at the end of the day, when you're talking about relationships and closeness with people, that's what we ultimately all seek out, right? In our relationships, we seek out people that have similar interests, similar life goals, similar values, uh, you know, similar politics. And so that, that is your, and, and how you interact with people in your relationships is very important as well. Do you, do you place the same amount of value into your relationships as the other person, so on and so forth? Yeah. So these questions are really getting at all of those, you know, base yeah. core things. The underlying principles by which you, you live. Yeah. Right. But they're just asking it in many different ways. And so I suppose once you know that much about a person <laughs> after these 36 questions, you might not necessarily like each other, but you would have some form of closeness. Yeah, there's definitely a bond because some of the questions are, you know, they're just not all that ordinary. You'd be like, oh, yeah, I just had this sort of strange directed conversation with somebody for you know i imagine going through this to you know to a full extent would take at least an hour between two people oh like at easily. The very, you could go yeah. for three hours i think if it, you actually liked each other i think it would need to take at least an hour and a half even if you didn't like each other it's 36 questions and each person is answering it so if yeah. you only take a minute per question per person per person and that's, that's already an like an hour yeah but so you could really... i think you know, share a personal problem and ask your per- partner's advice on how he or she might handle it. Also, ask your partner to reflect back to you how you seem to be feeling about the problem you've chosen. That took me like 20 mi- seconds to say. Yeah. So I'm not going to be able to ask you that question and then also have you answer it in a matter of a minute. Yeah. It would take some time. Yeah, that, that's actually a good one. I like a hypothetical advice scenario. I think that's pretty good. Well, that is the last question in the set as well. It is. And the last thing we'll be discussing today, because we are at the end of our 30 minutes. Darn. <laughs> uh, thank you all for joining us today. Thank you, Victor, for being my co-host. And we will, well, I'll be back. Victor will not be back next week, but I'll be back next week with a new episode. See you next week.